Welcome to the Mega Mad Podcast. Here we'll explore the mysteries of digital marketing and small business development. Having grown and sold his first online business, Mark now seeks to help other business owners build their own. Hey guys, this is Mark Grass. I'm here with the Mega Mad Podcast talking to Dr. Lewis uh, from Lewis Family Medicine and Urgent Care in Dripping Springs and Maynard and other places. Uh, today we're going to talk about how he's kind of like de- developed his business around the whole COVID crisis, uh, how he addresses it with his employees, and uh, kind of the innovations that he's come up with uh, to help keep the community safe. So, welcome Dr. Lewis. Thank you. Uh, so, I saw you guys just got a new trailer, which is super cool. Uh, what kind of prompted you to develop in that direction? Um, it's been a tough year. Uh, business-wise for, you know, most people. There's a few industries that are doing really, really well, like, you know, internet and, and um, play, things that are kind of fit fit the mold for people staying at home and that sort of thing. But our particular business in our medical building, we have, you know, many different specialists and surgeons and, and um we're just getting an influx of people that wanted to get COVID tested or needed to get COVID tested. So we're trying to figure out a way to protect, um, really, to be honest with you, initially the, the, the mission or the idea was to protect our staff from having unneeded exposures. Um, and we started that process by doing all curbside check-ins, uh, temperature screening and symptom screening before they came into the building. And then we've done lots and lots of, you know, uh, preliminary exams at the car. Uh, But then what we realized was our urgent care had lost its um, utility as a true urgent care for the community. So we started looking at different ways. I have a lady that works for me by the name of Jamie DeGrasse um, and my wife and we were all kind of sitting around trying to figure things out and it made sense if we were to remove the testing the elective testing and all the people that just want to get tested that aren't necessarily symptomatic or need to see a provider that they could just pull up get tested and leave and keep them out of the building Uh, and so it's been a really good deal as far as uh, minimizing the the footprint of potential COVID individuals that are carrying and don't know it and or have symptoms and don't and and don't know that they have COVID, of getting keeping them out of the building. So it was it was a good move for the all of the doctors in the building, uh, and in a good move to help us alleviate uh, the the necessity of getting the urgent care backwards operational and accessible. And people aren't fearful that you know they're going to go into a place where people are just getting COVID tested. Yeah. And I think that we've reduced our, we probably do 80% of our COVID testing now out of the trailer versus in clinic. Uh, and we only t- test people that are asymptomatic and no direct contact in the clinic um, currently. So we, I think, have minimized the, the risk as much as we can um, for inside the building. Anybody else gets tested curbside or in, in the trailer. So it's, it's, it's served many different purposes. It's convenient for the community. Uh, it's easy to pull up, um, swipe your card, get tested, and get a call back on your results. It takes about 15 minutes. And it is the amino assay test, which is about 83% sensitive. Uh, the brand is BD. B is in Bob, D is in David. 
and uh, so it's been a good thing, and it's been well received by the community. Um, and you know, we just yesterday and today we actually you know staffs having to deal with inclement weather, but at least they have the trailer to go into in between tests. And my hats off really to our staff, and all of our staff, not just for the trailer, but for the entire office through this COVID deal. I mean, they're brave. They're showing up to work every day. They're pushing through and, and so. Nice. Yeah. So so this year, you know, when the whole crisis happened around, what, uh, end of January, February, March, what, uh, was it tough to transition from your normal, you know, family practice and regular urgent care to now everything's, you know, not it, gone to hell, but it's much more difficult than it, it You know, what it, it caused you to do and, you know, having a background in, I don't major in biology and minor in chemistry and it just takes you back to understanding microbiology i mean viruses are going to spread bacteria is going to spread you almost cannot contain it um but there is something to be said about minimizing transmission of those things and so it was really developing protocols trying to figure out who to follow who's lead to follow uh in society right cdc world health organization local um, health agencies everybody has something different you know an inter- interesting side note here is like when this first started their cutoff for temperature was anything over um, 99.5 That's high. well a lot of people will bump up above, above 99.5 and so if somebody had a positive temperature now all of a sudden they got put in this high risk couldn't come to work couldn't do this couldn't do that now um, it's 100.0 um, for most of the state agencies here in Texas. Who and I think Texas has done a great job in in, in uh, managing this uh, from a business aspect, from a livelihood aspect, and from a social impact aspect. Uh, hats off to Governor Abbott um, and uh, his his fortitude that he's shown through this process has been greatly appreciated, I think, by many, many different business owners and people. Uh, but back to the temperature. So now it's 100.0 for most state places, but CDC says 100.4, which is kind of the standard, what we would consider temperature prior to COVID. And so developing new protocols, new procedures, you know, down to the aspect of, you know, when our MAs go outside, they're to deglove, you know, their right hand to open the door to come back in the clinic. It, you know, there's just uh, lots of small and tedious protocols that have had to have been developed, and I've had, we've had a great team um, help come up with those. Uh, the lady that I mentioned previously, Jamie and Michelle, my wife, and me, and and uh, it's been a real team approach. And, and the staff, at the office again, has been amazing and great. So. That's awesome. it, it's a it's been an ordeal, but God's blessed us, and really our mission is to you know love people in the community and serve people and 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 treat them like family. And, and um, I'm just again proud of our staff because they really have put the community even in front of their own health at times. And, and but we're doing things the safe way, the right way. That's awesome. And God's been blessing us, so appreciative. So as the uh, you know you're kind of been in the community a long time, and I would say one of the you know oldest kind of central businesses that we have around here. Um, what have you seen from the other business owners that you you know just know personally in terms of how they're handling their business? Are they coming to you a lot for advice, and are they even open 
anymore. You know, it's such a growing area, this Dripping Springs, Austin, West Austin Corridor. It's, um, there's not a lot of old school folks around. Um, and it's, uh, it's kind of an interesting thing. You know, there, there's so many great families and great businesses in the Dripping area, Dripping proper, and around Dripping and west of Dripping, and, and the, the, they're just great people. And so I haven't had a lot of people approach me because we're kind of a one-off being a medical office. It kind of puts us in a different category. Uh, so people aren't really... We've, I've had other doctors ask us how we're doing stuff and kind of ping-pong ideas back and forth about how to operate, but not really other business owners in the area. I think that everybody's kind of figuring out how to do it on their own, and it's it's a balance between... Uh, logistical goals, social expectations, and and what's real in 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 the reality of trying to prevent the spread of of COVID. Um, and so now the vaccine's out. So this is a, the newest hurdle that we have is trying to figure out when we're getting it, how do we administer it, um, and yeah, I think just from a layman's point of view, everybody kind of thinks that every medical office is somehow connected and in their policies and procedures and what they're going to do and not do and when they get the vaccine uh and i think it's you know knowing you i could see like you guys you know are pretty independent when it comes to you have to make your policies and enforce your policies yourselves so like you know they say the frontline workers are getting the vaccine so you guys got the vaccine we do not have the vaccine in office and when we do uh you'll be putting it on the website (laughs) uh is you do a great job with our websites and all of our social media. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're waiting to figure that out. I mean, nobody tells you who to call. Um, you call the health department and wait on hold for two or three hours and do that about every two days to figure out what's going on, where we're at. We're in the queue, but we still haven't gotten any vaccines. And so um, I'm not upset about that. I kind of expected there to be... I don't want to use the term chaos. I think it's a natural um, phenomenon when you have such a mass rollout that there's just going to be, you know, people that have difficulty getting it. And same thing was true when the disease started uh, in early 2020 here. You know, testing supplies were hard to come by. And there were fraudulent things out there. My guess is there's... It's going to have to be vetted and secure, and and we're going to have to be careful. And we will not, anything that comes out of our office will be vetted and secure. But, you know, it's just chaos a little bit. And and I don't mean that in a derogatory way towards the government or anything else. I think it's been an amazing feat to get this thing uh, done and distributed as soon as we did in America. Um, And so my hat's off to Pfizer and, and the other group that put the vaccines together. But... Um, it's just kind of bobbing and weaving, and we just don't know where we're at yet. So, and getting it, but I just I, I think we should be getting it in the next couple of weeks. So you think <clears> like you know just positively because I think you know you could speculate all you want, but let's say everybody gets the vaccine, it, you know it's done. Like when do you think things will kind of go back to normal when it comes to you know your office in general, but also just the community after okay everybody's vaccinated. Now what happens? That's a great question. I, I personally think that uh, we will never go back to normal as we knew it. Um, and I don't 
that sounds derogatory or maybe scary to some people, but it's not. I th- I think that that um, COVID's impact on, on Americans, and we'll just specifically talk say Texans. I mean, it's. It is so multifactorial. I mean, it's a spiritual thing. It's a psychological thing. It's a physical thing. It's a, um, and the impact is not going to go away. Say, if COVID was gone tomorrow, there's still going to be uh, remnants of its effect for years. If it was gone tomorrow, and it's not going to be gone tomorrow. Uh, and right now, we have uh, a mutated version of it, supposedly. That's you know. Uh, more contagious Um, will there be more mutations I mean nature has a way of figuring out how to win in most cases Uh, and that's kind of medicine is the fight between man and nature and and trying to prevent disease and so that fight's been going on for tens of thousands of years and will continue for tens of thousands of years so from that aspect I I don't know that we'll ever get back to where we were um, 100% and some of that's good some of it's bad I mean um, you know, we'll all be using more hand sanitizer probably for the rest of our lives. And we'll probably use masks in flu season. Just because people are like, I don't mind wearing a mask when I go to a shopping mall. Like, yeah. you know, if it helps me stay healthier. So I, I think that there, it's far-reaching. It's unpredictable. Um, but I do know, and 100% believe in this, is that um, Americans, and I tend to speak about Texans because I was born and raised here and and so many generations of our family but we kind of figure out a way to get by and, and move forward and and not focus on the negative and just say alright if I got to plow this field I'll plow it wearing a mask or you know or I won't wear a mask and I'm going to I'm willing to take the risk um, so I think we'll get back to normal in the sense of enjoying life doing what we traveling doing those things probably in a year or so from now. That's that's pretty positive. I like that. Yeah. Well, I think it's been super informative and, uh, you know, appreciate you you stopping your your busy day to come down and have a podcast. (laughs) Uh, So we'll be doing some more of these soon with local business owners. I have lots of clients that I talk to on a regular basis and I'm trying to get their input on uh, the current situation, but also just how you evolve your business to to match because... You know, something's going to happen all the time, and I think we were kind of complacent for a long time, so people uh, forgot how to adapt quickly. So, uh, this has been that's one positive aspect is business development uh, was mandatory this year. Uh, So, keep on listening. Uh, We'll be coming out with new podcasts soon. And for more information about my business, you can check out makingmedwebsites.com or uh, Kevin uh, Dr. Lewis's business at lewisfamilymed.com.